He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis, and this is uh, Cats uh, at Night. And it's 5 o'clock. The number one show at 5 o'clock to find out what the heck is going on in our city. And uh, in the studio with us is Judge Richard Weinberg and Lydia Serrani. And uh, the last two days, we've been doing stories on uh, about how uh, uh, the African Americans are dealing with all the crime in the streets in New York. How are the Jewish Americans dealing with all the crimes in the streets in New York? Today, uh, we have the Latinos and Hispanics. And how are they dealing uh, with all the crime in the city of New York? And a lot of them, as as we play the clip sometimes, we're mad as hell and we can't take it anymore. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. <laughs> and so we're going to be talking to, to some famous, uh, famous and uh, uh, involved uh, Hispanics uh, uh, and Latinos in uh, New York City and, and see how they feel. Uh, who's our first guest? Uh, well, we have a full show today. We're going to be speaking to Reverend Ruben Diaz Sr., a former Bronx Borough President, uh, Freddie Ferreira, Diane Reyna. She is running for Lieutenant Governor with Tom Swazi, Gail Smith, the CEO of Impacto Latino Newspaper. But first on the line for us is Joe Ithier. He was in charge of economic development for the Bronx under Freddie Ferreira. He's also a business and media consultant. Welcome to Cats at Night again, Joe Ithier. Hey, it's my pleasure to be with you, uh, Lydia, John, and my dear friend, the judge. How are you, Joe? Joe, there's so many, you know, me and you went through so many campaigns. I helped you with uh, with uh, Freddie Farrar's campaign, and uh, and we we ran that. And, uh, and uh, we've never been in such deep doo-doo, deep crap, or whatever we want to call it, as now— with the crime going on in the streets. It seems like we're going back to the days of uh, Dodge City and maybe the days in between uh, Ed Koch and uh, David Dinkins, and things are getting bad. Well, what say you? And give us the pulse of the Hispanic community. Well, John, as you know, uh, we uh, have been in touch, you and I, and uh, when I was on the, your program uh, uh, recently, uh, our community is afraid. They're scared to go out. I speak to a lot of senior citizens uh, who live in the housing projects, uh, and I'm talking about Latinos, African-Americans, who uh, go shopping early in the morning to the supermarket to run back home. They're afraid. They used to sit now in the uh, nice weather at the benches, in uh, nitro houses, they're not sitting there anymore. There's stray bullets going all over the place. People are afraid to walk the streets, uh, be around, and it's happening everywhere. So, you know, you and I have had conversation about the reform bills and, and our dear friend uh, Carl Hasty and the assembly and stuff. And right now we're in the midst of uh, uh, elections as uh, you know, the uh, pre-elections to the primary. And do we do changes? I mean, from governor to uh, assemblies and stuff. The other thing is we've got a lot of young Latinas and Latinos 
who are running for office because they've had it. And, and that's great that we have. The issue is common sense uh, uh, folks who want to run for office who are going to be meaningful in making changes and working with the mayor and the police department. Now, we have the highest ranking uh, second in command of the PD, uh, a, a friend of ours, John uh, Eddie Caban, who is the uh, deputy commissioner. And we're in touch, he and I, often about all the issues that are affecting our communities. And it's not just the Latinos. You know, we're talking about across the board. Well, the the, the, the African-Americans, the black people, are. we had them on on Tuesday. Or was it Monday or Tuesday? Monday, when it was uh, June, Juneteenth Day. And yes, they were as mad as hell, too. And, and, yeah. and, 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 and look, Carl Hasty, we both know him. When I talked to him, he was a very nice man, and he's a very intelligent man. Is he that afraid of the woke culture? Well, you know, it depends on who you listen. But, hey, he represents a humongous portion of African-Americans in his district with Latinos. And, by the way, the Dominican community that's growing uh, all over but in the Bronx, they're moving up to his district also. So there's been a shift. This is a community that was uh, first Italians. And then it moved to uh, Puerto Ricans, and then it moved to Caribbean uh, families uh, from the islands and Jamaica and all that. And now you've got a new breed of uh, Latinos and Latinas from uh, the Dominican Republic that are moving into his district. And they've got to listen to the community in what's going on every day there's got to be a shooting or a stabbing this is unheard of and joe ithier i'm from the bronx i have to drive through the bronx on my way into work every day and seeing just all the garbage and all the graffiti it's like we've given up and and it and it's sad because the bronx it was a great place for me to grow up and it was safe and it was comfortable but like john said it's like it's going back to the battle days and if you don't take pride in your own neighborhood and you're not happy then you kind of act out and i feel like our democratic leaders have failed us and and, and lydia you you i'm glad you brought it up yeah i know you uh, uh or from uh the bronx and stuff we've had that conversation but hey we when i know you're gonna have freddie uh Ferrer on the show and, and when he took over the borough of the Bronx, it was about rebuilding, uh, building new housing, about cleaning up the graffiti, about cleaning out the streets, because that's what people wanted. And it took, you know, a long time. Uh, Freddie was there for 14 years of, of, of rebuilding uh, in the Bronx. Do you need it to go back to the days way before the, uh, Freddie and and no one caring and the graffiti out there and uh, the crime thing because that's what's happening. I hate when I walk the streets here in the borough and I start seeing the the graffiti. I'm I'm afraid of seeing young people out there as a group with the hoodies and stuff because I don't know I don't know what they're up to. People. Uh, the senior citizens are afraid of our young people, are afraid of our uh, of our streets. 
Child, it, it, it's it's horrible. The judge, uh, I mean, you were a judge. Uh, you you ran City Hall along with Peter Vallone for many years, and uh, and Joe is one of our and, close allies and friends. Yeah, always, always. Joe's always been there for. And, and we want to see New York back to where it used to be. We don't want to see a mess in our hands. Well, Joe, if you if you remember, when we went back and we did the program, the Safe Street, Safe City program. Everybody That's said correct. the city couldn't be saved. But people like you and Freddie Ferrer and Peter Vallone, we we understood what we had to do. We put the cops on the street. We got the social workers and the drug counselors. We did what we had to do. More police personnel, more court personnel, more DAs, more legal aid lawyers. We did what we had to do. We need to have the will to do it again because if you don't have a safe city and safe streets, you will lose it. The economy will crash. People well, are voting with our feet. obligation is to keep eight and a half million. I keep saying it every day so people understand it. Eight and a half million people safe versus the 3,000 perpetual violent criminals. The violent criminals. The police commissioner herself said to us if we put away 3,000 violent criminals, multi uh, criminals, and put them away. Then New York will be back to being safe. But that's true. That's always so been true. What 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 is the state assembly and what does the state senate say? Why are they not supporting the eight and a half million uh, New Yorkers versus supporting the three thousand violent violent criminals? Okay. What's, I, I, I want Joe Anthea to answer it, and then I want you to answer it. Fine. Uh, and, and who are let go because. As I speak to uh, my friends at, in, in the uh, police department, and they say, Joe, we're out there. We're arresting all these precincts. And you know, John, that we helped uh, a couple of precincts. And here in the Bronx, we've uh, supported the 4-0, which is in the south, south Bronx, where they have the most housing projects. Uh, and and they're arresting uh, the folk. And then they let go. They let go. So they're back there. And how many times do you have to hear, oh, they've had 19 prior arrests. And and then you you, you arrest them and they're back out there uh, committing. The other day here, we we had the uh, the uh, police officer who uh, the uh, ex-husband or boyfriend, whatever. I mean, come on. There's no respect between the, uh, you know, uh, relationships that that. People have had ladies are afraid. You know, are we doing? Are we protecting our own? That's issues that people out there are talking about. And you get up every morning to find out how many shootings or stabbings occurred overnight at a train station or anywhere in the city of New York. And, and Judge, you were uh, you were in charge of city council. You were general counsel to. Uh... Peter Vallone. Peter Vallone, the speaker then, and and then you were uh, Justice Supreme Court, the criminal court. I mean, what do you say about this? Well, the first thing, Joe alluded to it, you alluded to it, we've talked about it. You have to clean up that so-called bail reform law. You have to give the judges discretion to hold dangerous people in, to hold recidivists in. If you don't do that, you're lost. You have to restore full-blown stop, inquire, and frisk because that kept the guns off the street. You have to have the anti-crime patrols out there in civilian uniforms doing that job. You have to have two-person patrols on the subway stops, all the subway stops walking around. They have to be in Penn Station, Grand Central, Port Authority. But, Joe, I want to raise this issue with you. 
which is a matter of concern to me. The polls are very, very clear that in the black community and the Latino community, the people want safety. They want law and order. But not here in New York. No, but 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 yeah, yeah, even here too. But they're moving, they're moving towards the, the center, and they're asking for that. But yet, some of the the new kids on the block, Joe, the new elected black and Latino elected officials, are moving left. Why is that? Oh, that's the million dollar question. the The issue is that there's. Well, I do have an issue with a lot of the young electeds who are looking at. Uh, getting elected to just move on. Uh, when you have in a, a, a couple of uh, legislators, uh, assembly, who right away are looking to move out and, and run to the state Senate or Congress or something, and you haven't developed something, there's a missing link. And the missing link is history, uh, common sense, knowledge of what happened in the past. All these uh, legislators remember Back in the days when uh, Freddie Ferrer and others uh, opened up the doors to a lot of the Latino community with the help of everyone else. And you know that, Judge, because we all worked together uh, with Peter and at City Hall, opened up the doors. And then all of a sudden, there's been a complete shift of the common sense issues and stuff. Now, let me uh, one side note. I was uh, uh, I worked for George Pataki and out of George Pataki, the last campaign, we developed uh, a movement called Amigos de Pataki. And we went through all the streets. I mean, I'm talking about uh, the governor coming to Orchard Beach and, 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 and in the middle of the summer and talking to people and listening to their issues in Brooklyn, in Queens, everywhere we travel. We had a, a bus that we went everywhere and we were listening. The governor was listening. He worked with the Democrats. He worked with the conservatives. He worked across the board to say, what do we do? And remember, this was also after 9-11, where he became the great uncle trying to revive the city and work with all the communities. And Joe, we kept ha- hang on. the issues. On, on the other line, and stay on the phone, because we're all going to be on the phone together. we got a uh, uh, former no borough problem. president and former mayoral candidate, uh, Freddie Ferrer. Would you put him on? Freddie? I, th- I think I'm on, Richie. Is it Fernando or is it Freddie? <laughs> to my friends, it's Freddie. Okay. It's always been Freddie to me, Freddie. I, I know. You used to get mad at me when I called you Freddie, and you said, no, introduce me as Fernando. We went to the same high school. He went to Cardinal Spellman. Like Justice Sotomayor, I went to Spelman as well, Mr. Ferrer. Well, I, I I remember you telling me that, and obviously you turned out okay. Like we, you were like our, our hero. I remember because I was in high school. I shouldn't say what years, and I remember being uh, you came to our school, and and like uh, Joe Ithier was talking about, you helped transform the Bronx. I mean, and now it's like back. You see the graffiti. People are stealing the gold chains. They're stealing the purses. They're afraid to sit out on the front steps because a guy could come by in a scooter and do a shootout. And while, John, I know you're saying we got to prosecute the violent, violent criminals, I think we also need to prosecute the lower-level offenders as well. Let's take care of the 3,000 violent criminals that the commissioner has said to us. If you take the 3,000 violent criminals, that not the people stealing a loaf of bread, the violent criminals that have 10, 12, 14 violent offenses, take them off the damn streets. 
And, and for whom do the bells toll? Eight and a half million New Yorkers that, that work hard and pay their taxes? Or these damn criminals? But I know people that live in the Bronx and you got homeless people that are defecating in the lobby and they're calling the police and they're coming right back. I mean, let, people let, deserve to live in, in Freddie, a clean environment. Freddie too. and Joe, you both on the phone. You guys answer it. There has to be some accountability. Um, and, and that's really the important term to, to deal with here. Um, you know, somebody commits a violation, a crime, a serious uh, crime. People have to be held accountable for it. I mean, that's when there's certainty of accountability, people have to think twice about what the consequences may be. When there's no certainty of accountability, well, as uh, my friend uh, Judge knows, uh, that's a problem. Well, Freddie, you were there at City Hall when we did all the hard work to make sure the city was safe. It was the bad old days, and we conquered the problem of crime. We increased the quality of life. The broken windows theory was proven as a success, and then it was abandoned. Yeah, but you, you guys keep using fancy words where the other people just use plain words that plain Americans, plain New Yorkers, plain people in, in the boroughs. They don't know what the word broken windows is. All right. Okay. All right? Please. The, call it crime. Call it, you know. If you go after, this is what we're talking about. When you go after the little stuff, you stop a climate of lawlessness. That's uh, what it's about. Let's take care of the violent criminals first. Get them off the damn streets. Freddie, what do you say? There was a uh, motto when uh, Joe and I were growing up. Uh, you can't do the time, don't do the crime. Well, there's no time. The, 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 the things have gotten so bad that the criminals from New Jersey are driving to New York, committing cr- crimes, and then going home at night. And if they get caught in New York, they still go home at night. And that's what Adams, Mayor Adams is talking about by accountability. Uh, you know, bail reform, uh, and we talked about this once before on your show. Um, you know, cash bail had its problems, and they, that needed to be reformed. Yeah. But Removing any kind of ability for judges to weigh in on the dangerousness of um, of uh, someone who's under arrest and who's on trial, that's a problem. All right, let's do this. Let's take a break right now. You, you, Both of you stay on. And I have our other friend, Ruben Diaz, is on the phone, too, and we're all going to be on right after the break. Let's take that break. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 